What a good message, isn't it? I love that uh, part, just, you know, bring your addictions, bring all your failures, and, and that's what our God is about. He's he, he loves us. He sent his son Jesus to die for us, and and uh, we can we um, I think about uh, in the Billy Graham Crusades years ago, um, you know they used to sing a song basically that was you know come as you are, and that's what the Lord wants us to do. He, we can't wait to clean ourselves up before we come to God, um, because that's really just literally impossible. So. Um, Anyway, glad you're with us this morning. Uh, we are on our second week uh, going through uh, the Apostles' Creed and using it as a launching point to the Scriptures because basically the Apostles' Creed is a summary of the Gospel and some uh, core truths in Christianity. So whether you're a seasoned believer or whether you're someone who's kind of checking out Christianity and want to know what the basic beliefs are, uh, we're talking about that today and not just so this is not just an information transfer. This is really, uh, we're going to talk today about, you know, what what the implications are of these beliefs. And um, and so anyway, we're focusing in on today on this um, statement that it begins off with, you know, the, the, the creed begins, you know, I believe in God the Father. And then it says, I believe in God the Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth. And so we're going to kind of pick apart that phrase and look in the scriptures and see what those things mean and uh, how they apply to our lives. And so um, what I'd like to do uh, first off is to just simply take a look here at the fact that God reveals himself to us as our heavenly father. And I'm going to spend probably the majority of the time in the message today talking about this because um Really, uh, I, I read somewhere when I was when I was preparing for this message today that you know there's uh, just a, a many ways that God reveals His love to us. But one was at the cross, right? Romans five eight. But God demonstrates His love for us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. But the other way is that by our adoption into the family of God, our adoption into the family of God. And so when I think of God revealing himself to us as our heavenly father, I think about this whole idea of adoption, adoption into the family of God. Romans chapter 8, verses 14 to 17. Uh, I want to spend some time in there on this particular point. And let me just read it for you. This is in the uh, ESV version. It says, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. For you do not, you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him, in order that we may also be glorified with him. And there are certainly many places where we can learn about uh, our adoption into the family of God and experiencing God as our Heavenly Father. But this is a good place to land on in the time that we have. Now, I want to make uh, this clear that we're not born into this world being part of the family of God. 
Yes, every person is created in God's image, as we are told in the scriptures, but we're not uh, in the family of God just by existing. And uh, this is important to realize. Uh, In this particular passage in Romans chapter 8, Paul's speaking to people who already have believed in Jesus. And uh, they believe in him, uh, have received him as their Savior and Lord. And he's telling them that they have been adopted into God's family. And so therefore can really call him their heavenly father. And so, you know, you see these phrases here. You've received the spirit of adoption as sons, it says there in Romans 8. And, and um, you know, all who are led by the spirit are sons of God. And Now, and this is just to just to mention as well, and this will come out as we go through more and more of the creed. You're going to hear gospel message all throughout this series. Um, but but the question would come about is how does a person get adopted into God's family? You know, how do I how do I receive this adoption into the family of God and know God as my heavenly father? John chapter one. Uh, says it very succinctly and well put. John chapter 1, verse 12 says, but, it, but to all who did receive him, and that means Jesus, to, to all, but to all who did receive Jesus, uh, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become, now listen, children of God. So there's receiving and believing. Receiving has to do with accepting who Jesus says he is. Um, Not our own ideas of who we think Jesus is, but as he is revealed to us in the the Gospels. Um, The Gospels are many things, but the Gospels are primarily a biography, if you will, of Jesus's life here on earth. And so... um, and he, uh, he said that he and the Father were one, meaning he's God come in the flesh. And uh, he said that he came to save us from our sins, you know, obviously implicating us that we are sinners in need of a Savior. And so receiving Jesus means to accept him as he is proclaimed in God's word. And then, of course, there's the believing, that is trusting him trusting him to save us from our sins, trusting that what he did on the cross was sufficient to save us from ourselves. And um, and so I just love that. It's a promise that John 1.12, as many as received him and believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. So how do you get adopted into the family of God? You must receive Jesus, accept him for who he says he is, Admit our need for him and believe in his name. And, and that's, that is it. That is it. And so um, that's important, though. It's important for people to know that we're born into this world, yes, made into the image of God, but not born into the family of God. Uh, this is something that, uh, you know, is spoken of in John chapter 3 as well. It's, it's mentioned as being born again or born from above, born from the Spirit, right? So, um, but as I think about this whole idea of adoption, uh, spiritual adoption, uh, I want to recommend um, a book to you guys. It's, I find myself going back to it time and time again, and it's, 
It's called Knowing God, Knowing God by J.I. Packer. Uh, if you've read much of J.I. Packer, uh, it's not a fast read. It, um, it's not that it's the language is that complicated. It's just that there's so much in one sentence or two, you just have to chew on it. But uh, in preparation for this message, aside from the scriptures, I spent time on his chapter about adoption, spiritual adoption. It is rich. And so, um, plus, I just think every believer uh, ought to have a copy of Knowing God. It's a classic, and uh, there's so uh, much rich stuff in there. So uh, that aside, uh, I want to dive into um, something that J.I. Packer said about, um, about adoption and also about God being our Father. Um, and I thought this was good because some people say, you know, well, my father, I didn't have a great relationship with my father, so I just don't know how I can really relate to God as father. And um, so he he mentions this in his book, um, and I'll just read a portion of it. He says, um, he says, he says, I think this is silly. He says, for in the first place, it is not, it is just not true to suggest that in the realm of personal relationships, Positive concepts cannot be formed by contrast, which is the suggestion here. Many young people get married with the resolve not to make the mess of marriage that they saw their parents make. Can this not be a positive ideal? Of course it can, he says. Similarly, the thought of our maker becoming our perfect parent, faithful in love and care, generous and thoughtful, interested in all we do, respecting our individuality, skillful in training us, wise in guidance. Let's see if I can get my page to change. Sorry. Uh, and then he goes on to say, he says, always available, helping us to find ourselves in maturity and integrity and uprightness. Uh, he, and then listen to this. He says, is, this is a thought which can have meaning for everybody. Whether we come to God by saying, I had a wonderful father, and I see that God is like that, only more so. Or by saying, my father disappointed me here and here and there, but God, praise his name, will be very different. Or even by saying, I have never known what it is to have a father on earth, but thank God I now have one in heaven. And I just think that's a great perspective to have. Uh, because I do know that this is one of the criticisms some people try to level against Christianity as God presenting himself as father. Um, and so, uh, and actually, I think later this week, I may uh, release uh, just a short video response to a common question that we have is, well, that's just so patriarchal, you know, uh, that's so man-centered. Uh, and, and so uh, I have a response to that. I think I have a, a good one for that. Um, but anyway... Um, I think this is good just to realize God as our heavenly father is just a, a wonderful way for us to relate to him. And so uh, at any rate, uh, let's take a look here at some things in this regard. Uh, <clears throat> so with God as our heavenly father, there's so many blessings that we receive uh, under this heading of adoption, God being our heavenly father. And one is this, that we are, uh, secure in his love. We're secure in his love. 
back there in Romans 8, it says, for we did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. In other words, we don't have to be afraid anymore. Um, if we know Christ as Savior, we know we know, therefore know God as our Heavenly Father. Um, the Spirit himself, it says in verse 16, bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And there is security in that. And so I think it's important for us to know that once you're in the family of God, you are secure in his love. In fact, Romans 8, probably being one of the cornerstone chapters in the New Testament, starting in verse 37, says the following. Know in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth nor anything else in all creation, listen, will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's incredible. Once you're adopted into the family of God, you, you don't get kicked out. If your relationship is genuine and you're in the family, family, you're in. And nothing can separate you from the love of God. In fact, the Romans 8.1 says, There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And um, that's no small phrase where it says, In Christ Jesus. Just like it says here in verse 39 of Romans 8, where it says, uh, no one will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And so you got to realize that love of God that's, that is experienced is in Christ Jesus. It's found by believing in him and receiving him. And that's the thing. That's how we experience God as our father. But we should realize that um, this we are secure in his love once we're adopted into his family. And that's something that the enemy, our devil, would loves for us to constantly question. Do I really know him? Uh, does God really love me? And I've uh, I placed my faith in him. He certainly has, and he's demonstrated it in many ways. First John chapter three, verse one. I love the, the J.B. Phillips translation on this. First John chapter three, verse one says, the first part of it says, consider the incredible love that the father has shown us in allowing us to be called children of God. And this, listen to what he says. He says, and that is not just what we are called, but what we are. He's saying, you know, I'm not just called a child of God. I am a child of God. And uh, so just, uh, you know, be assured that once you know Christ as Savior and, and you have God as your Heavenly Father, um, you're secure in that relationship. Now, the other thing. I want to focus in on as far as a blessing is that we have a close, intimate relationship with our Heavenly Father. In other words, uh, this God that we're talking about in this creed, when we declare, you know, uh, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, uh, creator of heaven and earth, when we make that declaration, we're saying this God is knowable and he uh, desires an intimate relationship with us. He is not far removed up in heaven somewhere. And that he, he created the earth and let it spin and now has no interaction with us on a daily basis whatsoever. He loves us and he um, desires us to spend time with him 
and to experience intimacy with him in our prayer life, in our worship life, in our daily life, in all the things that we go through. Romans 8.15 says, For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, listen, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. And that Abba, Father is a very intimate term. Some have said it's, it's like saying Daddy or Papa. And, uh, and that is certainly a, a term of intimacy. And uh, this is, I think this would really rock the world uh, here in the New Testament times because so many would see God as far removed and holy, uh, unapproachable. He certainly is holy. And in, in, our, in our unholiness, he is unapproachable. But once we know Christ, we can, as the New Testament says, come boldly into the presence of God, into the throne room of God, because we've been clothed with righteousness that we receive from knowing God. And so, but I would just encourage you, and it's something I've been encouraging people to do lately, is seek the Lord every day. I don't mean just seek Bible reading which is good, but we need to seek the Lord himself. You need to want to know him better. If you have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ already, um, if you know him as your heavenly father, then your heavenly father desires to be with you. He's the perfect heavenly father. And so I would encourage you, uh, your Abba father is wanting to spend time with you and uh, he wants to be a part of everything in your life not some slice, you know, he doesn't want one-seventh of your life, you know, one day a week or something, but every part of your life. So we can have a great intimacy with God. And so I, I think that's just encouraging, a blessing of adoption. Another aspect is just that, you know, when you're in the family of God, um, and this is kind of interesting, you, you know, you, you think about uh, when you have a family, uh, typically, you leave your possessions uh, or your children, your uh, an inheritance, uh, whatever you have left. Um, and, and so, uh, you know, we, my wife and I, we have a will. Uh, and so we, you know, we fought through all those things and, and, and it's our wishes. And we want our kids to be blessed by with whatever happens to remain that we have. And so uh, we want that to be a blessing to our children. And so um, our heavenly father uh, so much more uh, has an inheritance for us. Look there at Romans eight seventeen. It says, if children then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. And that glorified with him means we'd be, uh, um, you know, raised up with Christ uh, resurrected. And so, you know, I, I, certainly heaven is one of the incredible inheritances of the children of God. First Peter chapter one, verses three to five says this, blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And so there is this aspect of this living hope, you know, right now. And then it says in verse four, to an inheritance, now we're talking of future, that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept 
in heaven for you who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. Isn't that wonderful? That God has these this incredible inheritance. You know, we we see some descriptions of what heaven's like in the book of Revelation. And, and I just don't think words can actually, I mean, you know, the, the, the revelations that John had, I, I'm sure he, 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 you know, had this imagery and was trying to put it into words. And so, uh, but I'm sure that's only half of what it actually is like. And I just think that's so cool. We have an inheritance that is uh, imperishable. In other words, it's not going to fade away. Uh, it's not. It's going to be kept there for us. Uh, it's nothing. Nobody can steal it. Um, nobody can come in by some court order and take that inheritance from us. Uh, we're guarded by God's power, and so is that inheritance. Nothing will take our salvation and our inheritance away from us. So praise the Lord for that. Um, the other thing that uh, the last thing uh, just to point out here besides inheritance is that uh, a blessing of being adopted into the family of God is we bear the family likeness. We bear the family likeness. I asked my wife this morning, I said, how am I like my dad? How am I like my dad? And uh, she kind of whipped three things off right away. And she said, you know, your dad knows everybody. He's friendly with everybody. I'm telling you, that's so true. My dad in the town of Troy or Castown or whatever, which are the towns where I grew up, uh, if we were at a restaurant somewhere, my dad knew them. And uh, But it's because he was always friendly. And uh, I inherited that from him. I'm, I'm a pretty friendly person. Um, and then the other thing is my dad likes to be in the outdoors. He's a fisherman. Uh, he, he likes to garden. Um, and, and I like to be outside too. I, I like to be out whenever the sun is shining and it's warm enough to be out. Um, and uh, Linda and I enjoy bike riding now and as a way to get out. And um, the other thing that she said I'm like my dad in is that um, I, I have to be busy. It's hard to sit still. Uh, and, and that's kind of like me. Uh, and so I just bring all that up, not to be me focused, but just to say um, we inherit it, we inherit those qualities of our parents. And, um, and and so if we're a child of God, we will display in ever increasing quality um, Christ likeness and, 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 and qualities of our heavenly father. Um, it says in... Um, Romans 8, later on in verse 29, for those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. In that phrase that we are predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, right? And so uh, like father, like son there, within the Godhead, the Trinity, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, but then also us as well are destined to be conformed to the image of Christ and his likeness and his character. I believe I mentioned this last week. I've been reading through uh, the Beatitudes, and or not just the Beatitudes, but the Sermon on the Mount, and there's only 
you know, th those characteristics, that way of living is impossible without being born again. And so, uh, but, but that's what it is to live the kingdom life by the Spirit's power is to be able to love our enemies is one example. Um, to forgive uh, because we've experienced forgiveness and so on. And so, uh, you know, to reflect how our daddy is, our heavenly father. And so this is, uh, we know we're a part of the family of God when our character starts to take, take on godliness. And so we bear the family likeness. So, and like I said, I want to spend most of the time on that particular aspect today. Now let's take a look at really the next thing in the creed. Um, right. We, so, so far this morning, we just spent time talking about, you know, I believe in God, the father. Uh, and now we're going to look at that uh, almighty aspect. God reveals uh, himself to us as our almighty father. And really, this is just reminding us that God is omnipotent, right? Which is a, a word just meaning he's all powerful. Uh, he can do anything. Nothing can stop his plans. He always does what he intends to do. All his workings are within the, the confines of his character. Okay. And, uh, you know, um, sometimes you get these people. So, you know, you know, uh, can God make a rock so big that he himself cannot pick it up? I mean, all the, these are not legitimate questions. Usually these are questions that are just mere deflections. Okay. But make no mistake. God is all powerful. Um, and when I think about the impact that that has on us as Christ followers, as children of God, as sons and daughters of God, is this. This should really encourage us. Uh, Matthew 19, 26, um, speaking about salvation and that it's hard for a rich man to go to heaven and so on in that aspect. Um, uh, but it says, Matthew 19, 26, but Jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. And again, I know the, 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 the primary application there is with salvation. God was going to make a way when it seemed impossible. But we need to realize that God operates that way all the time, not just with regard to salvation and, and, and uh, saving us from our sins, but, but just God uh, operates in the realm of impossibility. And that to me is encouraging because... Um, that means uh, I can ask God, in a sense, big prayers. I can pray big prayers. Um, now, all within the confines of and, and, and guardrails of it needs to be within His will. But, but uh, you know, I can still pray and ask God, believing and knowing that He's able to do anything because He is. I was reminded of a um, a song that we used to sing many years ago on campus at Ohio State in our campus fellowship there. And it was based on Isaiah 43, at least some of it was. In Isaiah 43, uh, in verses 18 and 19, um, and I believe this is also in the context of salvation, says, Do not call to mind the former things or consider things of the past. Behold, I am doing, I'm going to do something new. Now it will spring up. Will you not be aware of it? And this is the part that always struck me when I used to sing the song that went with this. 
I will even make a roadway in the wilderness. You know, I think, I think about like being out in the jungle where there's nothing but foliage and, you know, uh, as you know, you, it's so dense, but God can make a roadway through that where it seems impossible. God can do it. And then it says, he says, I will, I will make a roadway in the wilderness. And then he says rivers in the desert, right? Well, rivers in the desert, that seems kind of impossible, doesn't it? Not with God. That's what he's saying. And so I just want you to encourage you, if you're feeling hopeless today about something, um, you just need to know God can make a way where there seems to be no way. Maybe you're, maybe you're looking to, you want to, you've wanted to change some things about your life and you're finding it very difficult uh, and you find yourself slipping and failing and so on. Um, or maybe you're in a situation that you feel like you can't escape uh, and there seems to be no way through this and no way for God to solve this. But you just need to hear those words today, maybe in Isaiah 43. Um, I love this too. Do not call to mind the former things. You know, don't, don't constrain your mind by thinking of something the way that God has always done something. He, he, he can do things however he wants and whenever he wants. But make no mistake, he can make rivers in deserts and roadways in the wilderness. I think that's just so encouraging for us as believers. Let me leave you with one more promise here uh, with uh, God as being almighty. And a lot of you probably know this, but uh, Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20 says, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all we ask or think according to the power that works within us. You know, isn't that wonderful? I mean, there's more to that. It goes on. Um, but that is the God. That's the God, our Father. He's able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we can ask or think. I mean, I've got a pretty good imagination. And maybe some of you too, but it's like God could do more than what you can imagine. And that's the reality. This is not, you know, trying to pump you up spiritually here. Uh, inflate your confidence. This is the God we serve. This is God, our Father, Almighty. And that's cool. I just think it's so encouraging. Um, now, the last thing here, last thing, uh, and we could spend a lot of time on this too, but this is just how I felt like I needed to proportion things today, spending most of the time on adoption. But the other, the last part of the phrase here, right? I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. Um, and so God created the heavens and the earth. Genesis 1.1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And uh, that's true. And science does not contradict that. Uh, you, you need to know that. You need to know there is good science behind that. Um, science can verify that. I mean, it's just, it's just amazing to me. In Romans chapter 1, 2, uh, 1, 1 also, it tells us that God has made himself known to us through creation. Right? When, we, when, you go, when, when Linda and I go out on a bike ride, we like to try to pick some scenic places, and you, just, you can't ride in those places without saying, you know, there's a, someone made this. Uh, I hope one day to get to the Grand Canyon. 
and look out upon that and just be in awe of God. Um, and just knowing that that didn't just happen, God created that. Those giant sequoia trees, the redwoods, insects, uh, animals in the in the deep waters. I mean, uh, I heard John Piper say one time when he watched the those shows, the Big Blue Planet Earth, whatever that's on the Discovery Channel, whatever. He goes like, he's like. I see that as a big worship video because when I see all these things that God created, I'm in awe and want to worship God. But make no mistake, God has created everything. Um, I read something I wanted to pass on to you. I got I got to read it on a piece of paper. Let me put my glasses on. It says, um, and this is actually from a, a book that um, recommended to me by Shelby Cornelius uh, that she has to read about the Apostles' Creed for one of her classes. It says, um, uh, it says, this guy says, I heard a funny joke a while ago with a group of sci- about a group of scientists who challenged God to a contest uh, of who could design and build a better human being. Okay, so you get this. So group of scientists challenging God as to who could create a better human being. God happily accepted the challenge and met the scientists at the designated laboratory where the contest would take place. God took a clump of clay and began to build Adam 3.0 when he suddenly noticed that the scientists were doing the exact same thing. So God promptly walked over to the scientist table and took their clay away from them and said, Ahem, excuse me, chaps, but this is my clay. I made it for myself. You go and make a man out of your own clay. The contest was over. Human beings are made and designed to be clever. We can map DNA sequences, sequences, uncover cosmic mysteries of the universe like dark matter, theorize quantum mechanics, and even create artificial intelligence. However, when it comes to making something out of nothing, we are not in God's league. Even when people try to play God, they always seem to come up well short. And I thought that was well said. I love that little kind of joke or illustration to say, you know, God created uh, this stuff out of nothing. Ex nihilo. That's what it means. He, he created it out of nothing. He spoke and it was. And so uh, just it's just amazing to me, uh, you know, to, to think about that. Um, and so... When we think about God as creating the heavens and the earth, it just reminds us that everything that exists originates from God. Right? Everything that exists originates from God or was made from material that God made. Right? Um, and, and think about this too. Knowing that in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, right? Before there was a universe, there was God. Right? He exists independently of matter and in any time. God transcends space and time. And, and, and that even just that one verse helps us know that. Um, and so when I think about this, and I think about what well, he made us, right? Ultimately, he made us. He made human beings. And so we live out our lives in a world that he has created and that he sustains. In fact, the scriptures tells us he, hold, he, uh, he, he holds this world together 
right? And all around us uh, and within us, there are the fingerprints of God's handiwork. And knowing this, knowing that God created us uh, should make us live dependently upon him, right? We look to the creator. We look to God, our father. And so uh, I just want to end with this one verse. I mean, again, there's, I, I'm not spending a lot of time on this um, creation point, um, but it doesn't mean it's not important. Uh, I wanted to just share a scripture with you, though, um, because we need to realize this. We are the created. He is the creator. And we need to understand that relationship. That may sound silly to you to say we need to understand that, but but we think that we're in charge sometimes. We think we want to tell God how he ought to do things. Uh, but we can't do that. We can't do that. Uh, in Isaiah, I, I think it's Isaiah 45. Um, I could be wrong, but I think it's Isaiah. Four. It's in the 40s. So, but I think it's 45. But I think the Lord says there, you know, you, the, the, the clay doesn't tell the potter how to make them. And how to do things. And there's a lot in the, that passage in Isaiah, but I think the thing that struck me in relation to this is that, you know, I need to keep this order of things in proper perspective. God made me, right? He made me in his image. He made you in his image. He's the creator. We are not. We are his. And that's where I'm going with this. You know, People get into trouble because when they start to try to create God in their own image, in the way they want him to be, people fall into all kinds of false teaching and accept all kinds of doctrine and ways of living that are not compatible with Christianity because they want God to be a certain way. Well, let me just say this. Um, God is the one who has revealed himself to us through the scriptures. Right. Um, he's the one who said he who who, um, who wrote into the scriptures that he is our father. And we just need to receive that. Um, certainly there are other um, aspects uh, to God's character. He even mentions that. Um, in other places that there's a maternal aspect to how he loves on us. But he has revealed himself to us as God the Father. And who are we to argue with that? So let me just leave you with this one verse, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19. And it says, it says, Or do you know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you? So he's speaking to Christians. He says, don't you know that the Holy Spirit lives inside of you? Um, and this spirit whom you have from God, he says, and that you are not your own. Did you get that? And you are not your own. In other words, you belong to God. As a Christian, you belong to God. He created you, not only created you, but as a Christian, you belong to him. And with that means he calls the shots. With that means uh, his ways are the best, even though we may not understand it. So having this relationship that he's the creator, we're the creation. And keeping that in proper perspective is important. All right. 
Well, that's all the time we have today. And uh, I just want to pray here. Heavenly Father, I thank you that we can even call out to you as Father, our Heavenly Father. And that's even how Jesus taught the disciples how to pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. And so, Lord, anyone who knows you as, who knows Christ as Savior can honestly say, uh, you are their Father. And so, Lord, help us to remember that we've been adopted into your family. Help us to remember those blessings that we're secure in your love, that we bear the family likeness, uh, all those things. Lord, help us discover more in your scriptures about the blessings of adoption as your sons and daughters. Um, and Lord, thank you that you're all powerful. Nothing is too difficult for you. You make roadways in the roadways in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. And Father, let us not forget our proper relationship to you as we are the creation. And Lord, help us to, to take good care of your creation, this world that we live in. Help us to be good stewards of it. Uh, not to worship it, but to be good stewards. And Lord, we, uh, I pray, Lord, that as we go through our week, you'd help us to draw close to you and foster that intimate, close relationship with our Abba, our Abba Father. And Lord, we just commit our day to you in Jesus' name.